about what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are thinking and working on, and what you and your credit union should be focused on in terms of risk areas and areas of opportunity. I'm your host, Ann Petros, Vice President of Regulatory Affairs at NAFQ. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of being joined by NCUA Vice Chairman Kyle Hopman. We'll be taking a deep dive into the issue of fields of membership, a topic that is central to the credit union model and movement, and an area where NAFQ continues to advocate for reform and modernization. So thank you so much, Vice Chairman Hotman, for joining me today. Happy to be here. All right. Well, you're ready to just dive right in, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know where spill the tea comes from, by the way? I do not. Tell me. No, I'm, at, I'm, no, I'm oh. generally asking. Well, um, actually, you know, now that you mention it, I don't think I do. But, I mean, it's a it's a common phrase. It's what and, the kids uh, say now. It is what the kids say. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're trying to uh, appeal to a, a broad yeah. audience here. So. <laughs> well, anyway, on the topic of field of membership, the NCOA recently proposed some revisions to its chartering and fields of membership manual to, um, among other things, expand the eligibility of immediate family members to become members following the passing of the primary member. Uh, could you, you know, share with our viewers and listeners a little insight about when we might expect to see this rule finalized? Sure. Probably not in the two meetings we have left this year. Yeah. Uh, we have a November meeting and a December meeting. In general, we meet every month except August, so 11 times a year. I'm going to call it first half of 2024. Okay. All right. So still on, on the, you know, immediate horizon. Yes. And it's, even though it's not immediate, it's key to know that it is still something we're looking at in progress. Mm -hmm. Sometimes ideas are floated and they just go on the back burner and decide not to do right, them. Right, so right. They're, officially, they're still out there, but nobody at NCUA is actually moving forward on yeah. it. This is one about the, you know, the relatives of the deceased mm -hmm. that, we, that mm -hmm. is in process and uh, all, all signs point to finalizing it. Great. Yeah, I can think of a few topics that have been on the NCUA's rulemaking agenda, then not on the agenda, and just sort of lingering just, out there on the yeah, back burner. Decide but, not to move forward with it. Yeah. It's a multi-step process, and you can stop at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else in that rule, you know, aside from the um, immediate family, you know, membership uh, provision, will be particularly helpful for credit unions, in your opinion? Uh, the main thing is the deceased relative, uh, for no other reason then it's just convenient mm -hmm. if the account's already there right. um, to be able to keep it if you wish. Um, but we do think, you know, all the rule will be helpful, but the focus uh, externally, at least, and internally, was the deceased relatives because there's a lot of people uh, who have a relative in a credit union, and one thing we all know, we're all going to pass away. So mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's it, that's a 50-state, you know, state charter federal charter thing mm -hmm. but yeah. we think the, the whole rule will be helpful yeah i mean with you know an aging membership base i mean it's particularly important to have a provision like this that can allow you know family members to to take over that account and keep their their business with the credit union versus pulling it out and you know taking it to the bank up the street that's right and, and the hassle factor mm -hmm. uh, i had to do all the paperwork uh 
uh, my mother passed away and she's, there's three of us siblings and somehow I got the paperwork job of doing all that and mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Chartway Credit Union that was hers they did a, a good job of making granted we were named as beneficiaries mm-hmm. so uh, that was easy and painless um, but if you wanted to keep the account there in this case you know it was closed and the three of us got checks uh, and that was that but it's easier to have to keep it mm-hmm. you don't have to do all this timing if, again if you've ever dealt with the paperwork when someone passes away and you lot. can't say, hey, my dad passed away. I'm the beneficiary. It's in the will. Can I have the money? You have to wait a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, they have to wait and see if there's any Social Security payments that were already in transit. Because what they don't want to do is pay you and then have to claw back the money. Right. Because the person died on Monday. Social Security kicked in on Tuesday. They didn't know they were dead. And then they have to claw that back. Mm-hmm. So there's usually a waiting period before you can touch it. You know, it's a lot easier just keeping it open. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to have to empty it, right? Then it's just period and my siblings were like so what's the deal with this it wasn't a ton of money but um yeah it was uh, quite an issue anyway folks uh, even if you want to keep the account on update your beneficiaries that's oh, important that is good financial mm-hmm. hygiene it is a nightmare for all what does dave ramsey say the one thing you can leave your heirs is peace <laughs> and uh uh the ultimate story of update beneficiaries Do you remember the one it was atlanta about eight years ago a woman paid a guy to kill her husband for the life insurance money oh check went to his ex-wife Oh, jeez. <laughs> so total disaster. Lesson there and update your beneficiaries. That's the lesson. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> that's a big takeaway. Yeah, here. that's a takeaway right there. Um, has the NCUA considered any sort of adjustments to you know, the prohibition that currently exists in the rules on um, community chartered credit unions merging into SEGs or multiple common bond credit unions? No, I think... From what we can tell at NCUA, that is a congressional decision. Mm-hmm. You can be type A, you can be type B, and you got to pick one of the, you know, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a difficult merger to do as we read the Federal Credit Union Act. Mm-hmm. NAFQ does a lot of advocacy on the Hill. If you care about this, the members of Congress um, uh, can change that. But you want to work within, uh, we have to work within the, f- the framework of the statute. That's the Federal Credit Union Act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And listen, when there's a membership, when there's a merger or you're contemplating one, compatibility of the fields of membership is a big thing. Yes. And it's supposed to be. Um, So I always go back to the thing that uh, if you want to have anybody, any mammal that walks upright on its hind legs, be a member, you can. It's called a bank. (laughs) And I say the same thing to the banks, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of community banks, if they wanted to, would be eligible to switch to a credit union charter. Mm-hmm. Uh, either state or federal. Mm-hmm. I say if the grass is greener on the other side of the street, well, no one's stopping you from right. going to the other side of the street. So there's no point in complaining. Same thing with credit unions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you want to serve any living thing, uh, any human, that's called a bank. And field of member is supposed to mean something. Right. But that said, we do what Congress says. And if Congress says you can merge those two, mm-hmm. so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've just received questions on this over the years because, you know, the opposite is is permissible, you know, a SEG or a multiple common bond merging into a community charter. The way we read unions, the act, but... community charter, field mm-hmm. of membership, not compatible with multiple common bond mm-hmm. or SEG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even in an emergency merger sort of situation. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, our main thing is trying to reduce payments from your money in the share insurance fund. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if we've gotten quite there. We still can't violate the Federal Credit Union Act. Of course not.
All right. The NCUA recently conducted a hearing on, um, uh, you know, to consider and eventually approve a narrative-based application for expanding field of membership. Um, this is you know, a relatively novel process. Do you anticipate more of these applications being considered in the future, you know, now that credit unions have seen how this process is going to function? I think it's going to be pretty rare. Okay. Uh, the reason we had that hearing, uh, in that case, uh, it was required due to the size of the f- uh, proposed field of membership. Okay. So the vast majority of the time, this is not going to happen. It was something that was required to do the hearing because it was, again, such a large field of membership. Um, it is, you know, credit unions to time and uh, d- determine if it's the right time for them to apply for an expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not aware of any other requests that fit that criteria, you know, where we have the hearing. Um, as a general matter, uh, expanding field of membership where it's not, uh, normally as explicit is easier if you're talking about low income communities, the, the, the political support is there for that, uh, people flat out aren't being served. Right. Um, but no, don't anticipate, uh, I guess we'll go a while without having another one of those hearings, uh, Mm -hmm. to discuss it. They're only required for very large. Uh, fields of membership. Is there a particular thresholds in terms there of membership There is. I, I don't know offhand, though. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's something that's, you know, helpful to, to keep in mind that that's reserved for a particular type of merger, you know, given the size and perhaps complexity of, um, or not merger, expansion of your field of membership. Um, so not just something that is available for for every field of membership yeah NCUA is not, i mean if the field of membership works and it doesn't cause a financial hardship ncua is not supposed to be that involved credit union members and their management are supposed to be in charge mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. our only concern is if it violates the credit union act on field of membership or it creates some financial difficulty that's a threat to the sif right mm-hmm. to the share insurance fund uh, beyond that we're not supposed to be that much in the middle of it um, but the, so the hearing was uh, was kind of a one-off Okay. What is the NCUA doing to ensure that the federal charter keeps pace with some of, you know, the more flexible state chartering rules that we see from time to time? We do get questions about this, you know, quite often comparing, you know, a state charter and their requirements to the federal credit union act. This is what I was kind of what I was getting at with. Why can't our field of membership just be everyone we want it to be? Mm-hmm. Well, you can. It's called a bank. Um, credit unions are different, and state chartering is different. It's supposed to be different. If we kept pace, and it's not a term I would necessarily use, because they're not supposed to be the same. Uh, I love the dual chartering system. I wish all 50 states uh, had a viable credit union charter. I believe as we sit here, 47 states allow a state chartering. Three just don't have a state charter in their credit union act. 47 allow it. 45 have at least one state charter. I think, first of all, it's healthy for NCUA because if you're a state charter, that means we are not your regulator. We aren't sure. It's one of the only quasi forms of competition that NCUA as an agency has. That's true. And competition is good. Yes. Monopolies produce bad products at high prices. Always have, always will. Uh, Same way that in some states have private deposit insurance, which if it were up to me, and it's not, it's up to the states, uh, all states would allow it because that's another form. Uh, a credit union, as, as long as you're state chartered, mm-hmm. if you're federal charter, you have to be NCUA insured. But in some states, uh, the state charter can seek private insurance. 
in which case we have absolutely nothing to do with them because we are neither their regulator, which is the state, or, insure. or their insurer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish all 50 states allowed that. Again, it's one of the only forms of sort of competition NCUA has, right? It's, but uh, listen, we have a federalist system. God bless James Madison. The states are supposed to do things different. And we can look at that state chartering process and like some things or don't like some things the same way other states do. Um, not just with chartering credit unions uh, and not just with field of membership, because that's a big one why in some states, like uh, I think Wisconsin, like they're almost all state charters um, because that state charter is obviously attractive. That's why they choose it. And I think field of membership is a big one as to why they want to do that. And that is healthy. We have uh, no reason to copy them and if we were going to copy states which ones will we copy mm-hmm. and if we were somehow exactly the same as the states well then why would you need dual chartering you know uh, all you'd get in that case is another body your state regulator right <laughs> at least with federal charters you only talk to ncua yeah yeah i mean i, I know that you know one of the reasons why NAFQ is advocating for the changes to the um chartering field membership manual as it relates to allowing immediate family members to take over, you know, accounts and become members is because you see that and, you know, different state chartering rules. And so Mm -hmm. that was an area where, you know, we identified this as an opportunity to create more parity between the federal charter and, and state charters. And as we have already discussed, you know, just makes good sense and, and is, um, you know, positive for members and communities and institutions on the whole. But are there any other areas along those lines where, you know, the NCUA is currently considering updates? Considering the one we generally get is field of membership. And again, I think that is the uh, biggest attraction for credit unions in the states where they tend to be uh, state chartered. I will say, uh, it makes it a little easier for me in the political system because one of the criticisms you get from uh, not so much small banks, but associations of small banks is credit unions are supposed to be, you know, a common bond, a bond which is common. You're supposed to have some affinity towards each other. Same yes. church, which in theory is also why the service would be better and why the delinquencies be lower. Because, you know, if you don't pay it, a fellow member of your church is going to have to pay mm-hmm. or of the Navy or of, you know, uh, employees on the Vegas Strip or what have you, right? If you don't have that affinity, then it's not really a credit union. But it allows me, at least, on the federal chart to say, if you're complaining about really, really, really broad fields of membership, talk to the states. <laughs> mm-hmm. It allows me to punt that uh, to the states. But again, that's how it should be. Um, that's uh, Federalism is good that way. You've seen it. Um, some credit unions are involved in uh, the banking the cannabis industry in one way or another which is only happening because states to varying degrees have made cannabis legal, maybe just medical, what have you. And that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Remember Colorado was the first state to make it straight up legal, like the same as if you're buying beer, mm-hmm. make cannabis legal. Mm-hmm. Well, other states look at that. Maybe they think, oh, that's terrible. We don't want to do that. And, or they say, it's great. Let's copy it. Or it's a buffet menu. You pick, you pick and choose what you want. <laughs> this is how it's supposed to be. And I think credit union charters are the same, you know, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Now, Field of membership modernization um, is, you know, one of NAFQ's top priorities and and has been a top priority for a while now. Um, but especially when we think about the growing use of digital banking and, um, in particular, among younger generations. And you know, credit unions are always thinking about how to attract young members. So, what are some field of membership changes that the NCUA could 
make at some point to facilitate, um, you know, attracting young members? Well, I don't know how much of that is necessarily NCUA. And I, I don't like. I think it's the, a legislative. Or credit unions themselves. Mm-hmm. Here's an example. Okay. It used to be a really common charter college campuses. Mm. One place you find a lot of young people is at universities. And I remember this article somebody sent me from the New York Times, like 1984, and that was a big charter, you know, because you have uh, students, and then uh, then there's people who work at the university, faculty, um, trying to get a university population, or or you could charter one, you know, uh, Georgetown University Credit Union, if you want to, but also uh, find ways to tap into them, whether it's geographic, because the university is near you, or what Mm -hmm. have you. A lot of us remember your first checking account with your name on it only was your freshman year of college often. Uh, I remember that. You that know, was mine. And yeah. They have all these booths, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and oh, this bank and this, you know, maybe your first credit card was probably a bad idea at that age. <laughs> but and they're pretty sticky. You ask a lot of people, why do you bank where you do? And they say, because I went to school mm-hmm. and I had to get my own account, not one with my parents I might have had. And uh, the local place. And these days, uh, as you know, you don't need to be as geographically close to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, working people in their 20s who have never, ever in their life physically been uh, into a financial institution physically uh, to do their own business. Might have gone right. with their parents when they were younger. But everything's But they online. open their account online, do yeah. their business online. You can do a mortgage online. And have literally never mm-hmm. physically went to one. So my point is that that college checking account somebody gets is an attractive thing. You can have, it's sticky. They don't necessarily have to leave it when they leave the area, if they do when they graduate mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, if you want young people, go after pools of young people. And universities are a way you, uh, credit unions used to do a lot of it. If somebody has uh, ideas on something concrete for NCUA, uh, they're free to, to, to ping us on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Keeping and attracting young people is not just about younger members. It's of all the financial institutions somebody deals with, making the credit union the one they want to work with that's easy, that's tech savvy, yeah. that's not a pain. Mm-hmm. You know, A lot of us, even if you're a member of a credit union, you still have other financial service providers in your life. Mm-hmm. And many of them try to be your main one. My brokerage account is always trying to say, hey, hook up your bank accounts and you know, your, your 401k and uh, they want to be like my main home base. Right. Right. And other financial services do that too. We want to be your all in one, one stop shopping, hook it up. So, um, uh, that's a way for credit unions to be uh, attractive. So it's service offerings. And again, where do you find a whole bunch of young people that are in need of financial services for the first time colleges? Yeah, that's a fair point. But do you really think that a lot of, you know, young people are, are banking in that way? still and and my point is are they going to an institution for the full suite of services or are they picking and choosing services a la carte and relying on maybe some online fintech providers um you know and we see now the the cfpb has proposed a rule to uh, establish an open banking system make it easier for yeah, consumers yeah. to, uh, to you switch you don't want an right we don't have we have financial needs Mm-hmm. We have money that comes in. We have money that goes out. We would like these things to happen on time and as quickly as possible. We want them to be secure. And I currently have banking accounts 
and brokerage and payment apps and everything, but those are all needs. Okay. Right. Uh, we, so if the needs can be met, the key for us, I think is that NCUA to the extent we have latitude here is to make sure that you know, I always say, I don't want to see credit unions go the way of blockbuster video because their regulator wouldn't mm -hmm. let you compete. Mm -hmm. Right. And if the financial landscape looks different, fine, but I don't want it to be because uh, your regulator or insurer made it difficult. So if there's cool stuff people are doing, credit unions can find a way to adapt and partner uh, with fintechs. So what if you can do your real-time payments? What if you can buy and sell Bitcoin via your credit union app? Well, then what, wait, mm -hmm. why do I need to go elsewhere? I'm, mm -hmm. what, what I have are needs. Yes. Right? Like I have Venmo and I have Cash App. I don't need Venmo or Cash App. I need to send and receive money. Quickly and easily. Yes. When we were younger, we wanted to watch movies at home. And so we did this thing called we rented videos and we had accounts there. Now we do the same thing. I never needed an account at Blockbuster. I wanted to watch movies. So you have needs. So the more that uh, credit unions can partner and offer these things, and it doesn't matter what the name of it is, right? Uh, whether it's instant payments or remittances or switching money freely back and forth quickly seven days a week to your various you know, investment accounts, what have you. Um, it's just easier to say, I'm not going to use the credit union. Somebody is less likely to say, I'm not going to use the credit union. If they can do all the cool stuff, mm -hmm. why would you go someplace else if you can do all that stuff that you need, if your needs are being met? So that's where I think regulation comes in. And I can tell you this, you know, working on Capitol Hill, you know, if the traditional sector isn't allowed to compete and or partner with fintechs, it becomes a fight. Industries, especially whatever the incumbent industry comes in and says, please let us do what these newcomers are doing. And if we can't, then please regulate the hell out of them. Right. That's what comes up. I, well, yes, but and also the easiest way to not have that fight, because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's a loser attitude in the long run. In the long run, right. if there's a financial right. services uh, model that financially works and people like it, it's going to happen eventually. The only question is whether or not it's American companies doing it and, you know, we get the jobs and investment of it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to happen eventually. Again, if something is sustainable financially and it's useful it's gonna happen if you can't beat them join them right, right. so and, but where they're prohibited from yeah. joining it's like please regulate the hell out of them i was like all right well we're gonna have these services eventually we're just gonna be paying uh singaporean and swedish apps uh and instead of american ones you know sure. but it is important that those players are you know on a fair playing field when it comes to supervision and exams and oversight and ultimately it, it's about consumer protection Right. It's not even from a competition perspective. I mean, we're all in this industry to provide products and services to consumers. And we do want to ensure that those are safely offered and consumers aren't um, disadvantaged in, you know, choosing one provider over another because they're regulated or supervised differently. So yeah, I mean, that, that's I, I how we think the, the greatest consumer it. protection is a competitive marketplace. Um, have you ever been out of town or especially out of the country and you're in a taxi and you're starting to wonder, Hey, am I getting, uh, <laughs> am I getting taken for a ride here? Yeah. You know, I remember visiting other places and like the let's go book would say, negotiate up front before you set foot in the taxi. Right. Mm. You know, don't, um, you know, what protected me from that, not the regulation of the taxi and limousine commissions are ride share protected me from that. 
I don't have to worry about that anymore. I remember 2004, 2005, all these state attorney generals, there was this huge thing about late fees of videos, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there was, uh, the Department of Justice was trying to block, uh, or FTC was trying to block the merger of Hollywood video and Blockbuster video, because they would have too much market power and they could charge you high prices. They could charge you high prices for uh, late fees and all this. And an enormous wow. amount of energy. It feels weird to talk about it now. It that does. It, all of this energy was expended. You know what protected me from that? Netflix did. Yeah. I don't have to pay Netflix. You know, that's what it did. Right. And it's going to happen eventually, uh, again, if there's something useful. Mm -hmm. um, to bog down innovation in this country and no other, uh, to temporarily have a level playing field, uh, I think in the long run is going to lose. Um, but that's why I ask your listeners... You can hit me up, Kyle Houtman, khoutman, ncua.gov. If there's something you want to do that tech-savvy people or young people like doing, and it's reducing your mind share, your mm -hmm. wallet share, your market share, and NCUA is the reason you're not doing it, or you're a little nervous. You know, nobody wants to start a project and then have a raised eyebrow from their examiner when they could have been doing other things with their time and money. That's what I want to know. Where is NCUA the possible or real roadblock mm -hmm. to partnering with these folks? Well, isn't part of the objective of the Office of Financial Technology and Access to offer these sorts of like sandboxes, right? And um, programs where credit unions can develop, you know, maybe fintech partnerships or experiment with, with new technologies and, um, have a little bit of grace from that's right. the regulator. Um, and I, you know, I, when I talk to the people I know who are uh, involved in credit union world anywhere in the uh, blockchain digital asset space, you know, I say, listen, you know, please fail small. <laughs> Have $5 problems, not yes. $5 million problems. Yes. Test everything. Mm -hmm. Do the transactions. Do the mechanics. Find out about problems early mm -hmm. um, because it's going to help everybody in the long run. Same with AI. Yep. You know, that, that's the new, new thing. Um, but yes, that, that is the, the answer. But in, in that argument of a traditional financial institution like a bank or a credit union, it should be a fair fight in the sense that they should be allowed to do the things that fintechs do. Or, you know, or offer it in some manner or another. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the, the member doesn't care what partners you have. They just care that it gets done, that the payment gets made, that they can easily buy and sell stocks or Bitcoin or whatever. Well, they're not looking they're, at the fine print, no, right? No, they, and nor does it matter. Yeah. Right? Um, to, so that to go to a different model will only happen if a credit union doesn't offer that model. So... I consider it part of our job to make sure that they can compete and yes, make mistakes. And I would love to have some guinea pigs to say, this is new. So we're going to have a whole bunch of things in AI that are new. Yes. That'll continue and, to happen. I'm sure. Uh, we would like to have a series of experiments like anything mm -hmm. tests, you know, try it out. And we're the, we can tell the credit union, we're not going to get all up in your face, but try yeah. it. We, it helps everybody here to test these things out and learn about them. It does. You know? Absolutely. And I remember and when people were terrified to send money okay. on the internet. I remember when people yeah. were terrified to do e-commerce. I'm never going to put my credit card on the internet. You know? Uh, I, <laughs> oh, I how far that. we've come. No, nobody's ever going to do that. I mean, you may, hey, you may read the news on the internet. Mm -hmm. We never actually can put dollars and cents back and forth on it, you know, and now you do it every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, one of your priorities has been improving the de novo chartering process. Um, however, you know, we continue to see consolidation oh, yeah. in the industry. Um, that's likely not going away. Um, despite, you know, efforts to, to promote the de novo chartering, um, process, you know, we certainly appreciate all of those efforts, but it may not be enough to stem the tide of consolidation. You know, are there any efforts or is there any desire to revisit the concept of, for example, online service facilities? Um, or is this an area where, you know, it's, it's your opinion Congress needs to step in and, and revisit the, the FCU we act and yeah, we don't the NCUA is not going to online touch service. it. You know, like a smartphone that everybody has, you know, is mm -hmm. that physical location? No. Uh, we also know that when Congress wrote those rules, a lot of these things didn't exist. So we Correct. do know that that's not what they meant for it to be. Yes. Uh, and Congress can can, up, um, can change that if they wish. Um, going back to consolidation, I don't, nobody knows what is the right amount of credit unions in America. I don't know. Should it be more than we have, fewer than we have? Who mm -hmm. knows? What does matter, uh, and this is where we need your help and everybody else's, is Credit unions should be making decisions to merge because it works for everybody. Mm -hmm. They should not be doing it because we've put our finger on the scale because it's so hard to run and thankless to run a small credit union. Uh, agencies like ours do a lot of talk and a lot of self-congratulation and on, oh, for inclusion and everything. But if you're making it hard for this one church or temple or mosque credit union or the immigrant group credit union to survive, then we might want to revisit how much self-congratulation we do. And as we know, when a lot of these specialized ones go away, they may never come back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the expression, no bank should be too big to fail. Well, no institution should be too small to succeed either. So it's important that burden of regulation, paperwork at a small credit union, where a CEO does it partly out of love for the community or whatever, but it's not a great job. You know, there's no stock options to get, you know, uh, it's important to me that we're true to our sense of financial inclusion by not making a merger happen because nobody wants to run the small credit union anymore. That's important to me in terms of de novo. No, it doesn't even come close for new charters are nowhere near the number of credit unions, uh, we lose. And as you saw, they're not always bad stories. They're often pleasant murders that everybody's happy with, and it's all good. Um, but again, that's financial inclusion. The only reason somebody start, wants to start a de novo is they're obviously not 100% satisfied with the current financial services offering. Why would you be trying to start a new financial services provider? There's a need in the community. It's a lot of effort, right. Mm -hmm. we, uh, last year charted um, the uh, African-American sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kamala Harris is a member uh, of the sorority. I don't know if she's a member of the credit union. And, you know, uh, these, you know, it's a college sorority, so they're college-educated folks, you know, whatever. They have plenty of options. They're like just the re like the rest of us. I mean, you get tons of stuff in the mail of financial service offerings you don't want. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, credit card offer and this loan or whatever, and you throw it in the garbage. The point is, it's not hard in America to access financial services, especially like AKA, where you're you are you know college educated people who probably have a decent income. You're flooded with offers. They decided to start their own, and they deserve to have it if they want it. The people out there, whether it's Broadway actors or this sorority or a church or a new immigrant group who wants to do it in a language that Citigroup does not offer, 
um, they should be determining it. So I don't think that the, my focus on the Nova, I, I do wish there were more. I do wish it was easier. Uh, it, nowhere near, the, I mean, we lose credit unions every week uh, through mergers. Right. Um, I think when I came in, even Christmas 2020, there were 5,500. Now we're at like 46, and that's not even that long ago. You know, mm -hmm. there's stuff in the back of my fridge from then. Like, it's not that, <laughs> it's not that long ago. Uh, but the de novo thing is just a principle. Do we actually care about financial closing? Because people who are trying to create a new entity, if we're making that one minute harder than it yeah. is, then we should dial back our mm -hmm. self-congratulation on inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, part of the rationale for um, the proposal that came out on succession planning was to help these smaller institutions. Because that's a big reason, right? Yeah. So-and-so retires, viable. gets hit by a truck. Uh, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. I don't know that the rule would necessarily do anything because you make a word doc called succession planning dot doc. Yeah. You know, that says, okay, Ann's going to take over if I'm, if I'm not around and, and so-and-so will be the chair of the board and all this. You don't have to follow it. And well, if and it's just there's about that, and succession it's also more planning, paperwork. Succession planning is interesting, mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm. And there are credit unions that are gone, and it's a shame mm -hmm. because they didn't have succession planning. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of these small ones, once they merge, there may never be another First Baptist Church credit union, right? If that actor, the Broadway actor's one in New York goes away, there's not going to be another one that's focused on that niche. It's a huge benefit to the United States. A lot of Americans don't realize it. 4,000 and change banks, 4,000 and change credit unions. A lot of places don't have that. Australia has four banks in the whole country, right? The, the government won't even let them merge. And it's like if everybody yeah. had to be a B of A city, Wells Fargo. We're not, spoiled. We've got a lot right. of options. And they, it helps our economic growth. They know certain industries. Yes. Like when Broadway went dark for COVID. They know the corn crop. They know the names of the machines mm -hmm. you use. They know the cash flow cycle throughout the year. They know mm -hmm. the weather this year and how it changes it. Mm -hmm. That's a huge advantage to this country rather than uh, at the huge institutions, which I understand why. They have to have procedures, you know, uh, can't give a loan unless you have such, such and such employment. So the Broadway actor who has 19 different W-2s from last year, all the productions they worked on, well, the, the actor's credit union knows they're actually employable. Right. But that would automatically get kicked out. Yeah, it doesn't by, fit neatly into a uh, box. Wait, this person can't keep a job because you get it. If you had yeah. millions and millions and millions of members and trillions, you'd yeah. have to have procedures. And you'd have some loan officer saying, oh, I wish I could. It's just the system. It's not going to happen. You know? yeah. And that's what happens around the country, mm -hmm. I mean, around the world. Mm -hmm. But we have this niche thing, right? No, like I know you're a corn farmer. I understand exactly why you're in this situation, you know. Um, it's relationship-based. And, and it's a huge advantage to the United States. But – if that actor's credit union murders somebody else, why would you start another one? Not only is it hard to start a credit union, but what's the one thing you know? You know that someone else started a Broadway actor's credit union and it didn't make it. Why mm -hmm. would you bother? So, um, you know, I just think it's so important that we allow that advantage of the United States. All those niches, know community, know the industry, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, like the Ukrainian-American credit unions. They said that 40% of their calls are in Ukrainian language. Guess what? You can't call most financial service providers and have a fluent Ukrainian speakers pick up no. and go on down the line with all the languages you know uh ai may help with that actually i think but um <laughs> it's an advantage to the united states and i think it's key that we're not just to go back to my main theme here if somebody wants to start a new one to serve that niche they should be able to and if somebody wants to keep their small credit union alive i don't know i did vote for the proposed rule for the uh, succession planning okay that's one where i genuinely wanted to see the comments we don't get all the comments unless we vote for a proposed rule uh, that was two to one against it. My colleague Rodney Hood voted against it. 
Um, the comments were generally negative, like, yes, succession planning matters, but I don't know if your rule's going to do anything. And a bunch of credit unions said, we don't know what we would do, and if you forced us to fill this out or we're not doing our exam, well, we're going to merge, which would be the exact opposite effect of what we're right. trying to do. Right. We Some would lose consequences. a small credit union. Yeah. There's no answer I can give you satisfactory. Right. Uh, that's going to meet this. And you're going to find out, even if we threw some names on, which most honest people don't want to make it up, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're going to find out it doesn't actually, we didn't follow that plan that was filed because we had to figure it out, you know, when it happened. So anyway, that's just one topic. Yeah. Well, are there, you know, other areas where, you know, you personally or the NCUA at large is evaluating to, you know, help support credit union growth and, and innovation, right? We just talked a lot about consolidation and especially smaller credit unions, you know, working to to remain competitive and and survive. What does growth and innovation look like? Same thing credit unions have done for a century. I think they were early on ATMs. They were early on, uh, uh, on faster payments, et cetera. We just need to let credit union people do what they've already done, which is serve their communities and change. Mm-hmm. What we shouldn't have happen. Remember, I said I don't want to see credit unions go the way of blockbuster video because their regulator uh, wouldn't let them compete. That's where it is. Um, to remove uncertainty and know that there are going to be problems with any new technology or any changes. We don't bank anywhere close to how we did even 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And that was a massive sea change from 30 years before that. So in 30 years from now, it's also going to be unrecognizable. And nobody is going to be able to be stable doing everything exactly as they do today. So I'm proud that we put out different than the other financial regulators, some guidance on uh, blockchain digital assets. That doesn't just mean like people investing in crypto. That gets a lot of attention. But the underlying technology, the same way 25 years ago, there was, you know, the dot-com bubble. There's a difference between putting your money in a speculative internet stock and your credit union using the internet as a tool. Right. You still had a website. You used email. It's useful. Online bill pay. This is the technology we're talking about. Yes, the about. technology. Mm-hmm. People are doing cool stuff on identif- mm-hmm. using blockchain-based identification. Mm-hmm. Reduces fraud, which you know is an epic hassle, even if it's a small amount of money at a credit union. Four to seven credit unions went down last year because of fraud. Block- blockchain-based identifications can uh, make it easier to identify someone quickly, can make it much faster to onboard a customer, and know who you're dealing with. And it can allow new uh, revenue sources, such as doing remittances, which you used to not do, perhaps, because it's such a hassle, the paperwork. Um, We put out broad guidance on that, and people are experimenting. I think in the long run, and some states are ahead on this, title for real estate is actually an excellent use of uh, a tokenized, like a non-fungible token, something there's one copy of ever, right? NFTs, people made a lot of fun of them for good reason, but some of them are sort of frivolous. But... It's a good use of it. Uh, if you ever bought property in America, you know how bizarre our title and title insurance process is. Mm-hmm. Trying to ensure that the property I bought from you, Anne, was actually yours to give me, right? It's bizarre to me how much you have to pay. The title insurance title records, is... County records and pulling them and everything. So that's exactly oh, something very interesting. that should be. Uh, for that matter, car title. But mm-hmm. cars is not as bizarre as mm-hmm. land title because it goes back further. Um, that's something where digital assets can be very useful. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing. And if that's the way the world goes and those things are faster, cheaper, better, more secure, uh, it's important that their regulator not get in the way of them giving what, you know, giving the members what they want. And again, the member won't even necessarily see the benefit of it. When you get a loan, that means you don't have title uh, mm-hmm. to a car, right? Title is transferred. It is t- from the old owner 
to your lender, to your credit union. They hold title to your home, right? And, until, until you, you pay, pay off the off. loan, yeah. you, you don't have title. Title is transferred, but that thing can be easier, cheaper, safer. And you, as somebody getting a mortgage, might not even realize title is transferred the way it always was. Mm-hmm. It's just done in a much simpler matter with lower costs. And as we go on, your title insurance will go down. My point is people can benefit from these things without even knowing mm-hmm. that that's, that's what's happening on the back end. Yeah. Um, a much make, more secure, you know, better. immutable process. Yeah. Right? And you're, you're going to see the benefits. Uh, like we benefit from the Internet, not just when we're like actively using it. We benefit on the back end of a lot of other processes. Uh, the fact that, you know, payment apps and that sort of thing, they couldn't exist before we had mobile phones and the Internet. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how it works. Uh, but uh, so anyway, just in the long run, imagine you were in my position. You're one of three fiduciaries to a $21 billion fund. And the only time we ever have to write checks is when a credit union collapses and doesn't have the money. Well, they can collapse because of fraud. They can collapse because of basic economic issues, like they made too many bad loans. Um, but they can also just die a slow, painful death where they just, to what you're talking about, they don't get a lot of young members and people go elsewhere. Even if you are a member, it's not your main financial institution. Mm-hmm. They can go away that way too. So we want to make sure that credit union management has all the tools they have to, uh, to stay relevant. Great. And for that matter, even the economic stuff, bad loans, AI is very useful. Uh, you know, we don't just have to use FICO and all that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Just some very, very useful stuff mm-hmm. in customer service. So uh, if, we, anyway, I, I, go, I come back to the same theme over and over again, which is uh, government in general mm-hmm. should not be the cause of a death of an industry. All right. Well, that is a, a good way to end, I think. Any other comments for our listener, listeners and viewers before we close out this episode? No, just uh, when we do these um, uh, proposed rules and as a comment period, mm-hmm. let me tell you, we read them. All right. And we, we they do affect things. They can stop a proposed rule. Mm-hmm. For example, I, I don't know if this will be stopped, but on the succession planning, you know, people came out fairly negative about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an RFI uh, just to request for information, but it had a comment period on climate risk. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. They are read. So that's my message. Uh, right. These are not perfunctory. They're not thrown away. They are read. They can fundamentally uh, change policy. Makes a difference. Yeah. So either send your own comment letter in or work with NAFQ or uh, CUNA or the leagues and, and, and get that e- feedback in. Excellent use of trade associations or those sort of things. If mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable putting your head above the tree line, which is not the way the world should work, but I understand it. And for that it's matter, reasonable. what we're talking mm-hmm. about technology, that's what a lot of this has been. Uh, I want to do this new service or I want to do something uh, a new way. But I don't want to necessarily bring it up to my examiner because what if they say no? What if they were right? And your exam may already have a bunch of issues. You don't need to add anything new. I get it. If you've ever been through like an IRS audit, believe me, you don't voluntarily <laughs> bring up anything new. Sure. So that's another purpose for uh, institutions like NAFQ. You can say, hey, here's a transaction. Here's a way of doing things. Here's a way of doing customer service. Here's a way of uh, verifying identification. We have credit unions that want to do this. Does Absolutely. It, does this work? You know, yes. And you can We're, show this. You can come forward with us. We don't regulate NAFQ. Yep. So uh, we don't insure NAFQ. So that is an excellent purpose. Your sandbox, if you're worried about something, use your trade group. Use your league for that matter. But NAFQ uh, serves that purpose. 
Yes, we are happy to have those conversations on your behalf and uh, make the process a little easier. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vice Chairman Hotman, And thank you to our listeners and viewers for tuning in to today's episode on Field of Membership. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like listening to The Cup, please hit the subscribe button, like, turn on your notifications to get alerts about our new episodes. And please let us know what you'd like to hear about on a new and upcoming episode. We always love getting feedback from you. So thanks again. And until next time.